0: Well, happy 10-year anniversary, People's Church. Unbelievable what the Lord has done. And to God be all the glory for the great things He has done. And we praise Him today for His faithfulness Hey, I want to welcome those watching online around the world, and man, we're glad to have you connecting with us on Mother's Day, and it's our 10-year anniversary as a church, and so 10 years ago, it was a horrible thing to start a church on Mother's Day, but now it's beautiful. Praise the Lord 10 years later, and so glad to have you connecting with us, and our midwest city campus we're pumped up about what the lord is doing there if you're new with us today we are one church in two locations and our midwest city campus running 11 1200 people over there in midwest city people coming to christ every week and just celebrating god's goodness over there at midwest city and to all the moms once again happy mother's day we truly wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you so thanks mom we love you miss my mom she passed away two years ago miss my my mother but grateful for my wife and she's a terrific mom to our kids and I know my wife has a few words that she wants to say to the ladies of people's church
1: well I just want to personally say happy happy mother's day to all the moms here today and our chicas and I just think that you are incredible. Um, I just wanted to acknowledge everything that you do for your families, for the investment that you make. And I know that you do it with love. And I am so thankful for you. And as you go today, I have a card with a special special message from me to you that I just want you to have. And just know that I love you and I'm sending extra love to you today.
0: So as you leave out of the experience, the ushers will be at the door. And there are is a special gift from my wife to you, a card that she... Uh, has written to you every single mother in the house today and we just love our mothers and just say happy mother's day and today on our 10-year anniversary what we want to do is just kind of go down memory lane a little bit kind of give you kind of the inside scoop of some of the things that we've been through as a church and as leaders of People's Church. And so I'm going to ask several questions, and Tiffany's going to respond to it, and then I'm going to respond to the question as well. The first question we want to answer is, what is the most exciting thing that's happened the last 10 years?
1: Well, there are so many, but the first thing that came to my mind was that I get to see every single week people's lives changed and transformed by the power of God. And one specific memory came to my mind. Uh, When I was teaching in the three-year-old classroom, there was this sweet, precious little boy, and he was so withdrawn um, wouldn't talk, seemed very upset and sad, wouldn't make eye contact. And I tried and tried. I pulled out all my tricks trying to get him connected, and I just couldn't get through to him. And I remember just praying, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to get through to this little boy and that he would feel your love and and uh, your peace. Well, after several attempts, um, I finally got this boy to start talking to me, and it just broke my heart. And I fought back the tears as he started to tell me about how he was scared because his parents were always fighting and yelling. And he had told me that that, that morning, and this is a three-year-old, and that, that that morning his parents were screaming at each other, and he was scared. And, you know, as a mom myself, it just broke my heart to know what he was feeling. Um, And now, all these years later, it is such a joy because I see this same little boy, although he's a few years older now, and... um, he has a smile on his face. He's joyful. He remembers me. He gives me hugs. And not only that, but his family is faithful to church. And it makes me think about this scripture that if any man is in Christ, he has a new creation. And this family, you can see that God has taken the old things and he's replacing them with new creation. And, and it just makes my heart so, so happy. And those are the things that are the most exciting to me, the things that I love. Um, What I love about this church, that we are all about taking people where they are and giving them hope. And that little boy will forever be imprinted in my heart.
0: Amen. And I would say, you know, that would be the number one thing for me as well. Uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about that because my wife just did. But no doubt about the number one thing that is the most exciting thing to me over the last 10 years has been life change. And there have been hundreds, literally thousands of stories Of lives that have been changed and I can just tell so many stories from marriages to addictions to trapped in sin to lost I mean just that God has stepped in and I am convinced I was convinced before I started this church and I'm more even more thoroughly convinced that Jesus still changes lives and so it excites me watching transformation and seeing the Lord change lives but I would say probably the second most exciting thing to me over the last 10 years was buying the 50 acres here on Britain Road, and building our first building. It was a huge uh, momentum for the church. It was very pivotal for, for my leadership, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that on the second question, but very pivotal for my, for my leadership. It kind of made us like we're a real church. You know, we were leaving the movie theaters, and we moved into our first building, and, oh, they're a real church, you know, they're going to make it. You know what I mean? It was one of those kind of moments. And for for us as as a church, a huge moment of, of of faith and just so exciting. And how many of you remember this? Some of you were here during that season from the transition from the theater to this first facility. It wasn't this facility you're in now. This is the second facility. It was our 17,500 square feet facility. How many of you remember I called a prayer meeting a week or so out? And when we got to that prayer meeting, I had you unbox the chairs rip off the boxes and help me set up chairs how many of you remember that how many remember that huh and yeah, some of you some of you were here then yeah yeah no, that wasn't bait and switch that was spiritual come on watch and pray work and pray glory of that god work and pray hallelujah that wasn't bait and switch but you remember those days how many of you remember this some of you were here it was the saturday night before grand opening Sunday, and we were behind schedule, but we already had marketed the church, and we were opening up this brand new building from the theater days to our brand new church. And how many of you remember showing up that Saturday night, us putting down carpet throughout there? Anybody remember that? Anybody here putting down carpet and rolling it out? Yeah, some of you were, some of you were here back then, man, putting down carpet. And I mean, we worked probably till 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night. For the grand opening the next day. And it was just insane. All the work and the excitement of the church. And then we moved into our building. We started with... We were in two services at the AMC. And we started a third service day one. Which was a huge step of faith. So we started with three services day one. In the new facility. And we were jam-packed. We had our first service over a thousand people. Began running over a thousand people from that point forward. And, and how many of you remember? The very next Sunday... We had a gravel parking lot. Anybody ever park in a gravel parking lot? Come on, lift your hands if you ever parked in a gravel parking lot. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of gravel lights in here. Gravel lights, yes, yes. Because we moved in and we ran out of parking day number one because I didn't have enough foresight on the first building to add enough parking. And so we had to add gravel parking lot. I mean, it was just a lot of exciting, exciting times. And I would say that was probably, besides life change, the most exciting season for me was moving to that very first building, and we became a real church. Second question, second question is, what has been the toughest or most challenging thing over the past 10 years?
1: Um, For me, the most challenging, tough season was when we had really small kids, and we were involved in this fast-paced, fast-growing church. And I remember at that time, it was um, 2006, And we had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and an 11-month-old. And all the moms in the house know what I mean when I say I was so exhausted. I was sleep-deprived. My kids were totally dependent on me for everything at that age. And I just remember feeling like I was giving everything I had, but I didn't have much, you know, coming back to fuel me up again. And not only that, but we were also in a very busy season in the church. And, um... And not only was I exhausted, but Herbert was physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted. Um, He was just giving everything he had. And, you know, in fact, I remember during this season that we tried to maintain our normal schedule, um, our dates, our family dates, all of those things. And there were a couple nights I remember being on a date with Herbert, and I would just think to myself, we should have just stayed home. Why did we even come? Because he was there in body, but his mind was like way, you know, way off. And I knew that he was thinking about church things. He was consumed. And I wasn't upset with him because I knew that he was carrying more than he could carry on his own. Um, And I just remember during that season, you know, there was so much stress and pressure and attacks and opposition with people thinking we weren't doing the right thing. And, you know, it was just it was a lot to handle. And I went to the doctor for an appointment and I remember telling her that I was experiencing some pain. And she started to question me about my life, about my family, my marriage, and are you going through a lot right now? And I'm like, no, it's great. <laughs> I had deceived myself. No, everything's perfect. Um, and she had told me that I had shingles and that it was all caused from stress. And I was just shocked, you know. And, and I look back now and I told totally can see how we were stressed. We were just overextended, overwhelmed. Um, But at the time, we just had our game face on, and we were just going to do whatever it took to make it happen, and we were just, you know, one foot in front of the other. But that, for sure, was the toughest season um, that comes to mind. And the scripture, Isaiah 41:13 kind of sums it up. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And that's totally it. There's no way we could have made it through that season in a healthy way like we did with a strong family intact um, and a healthy church if we did not lean on the Lord. And it was just holding to his hand the whole way through.
0: Yeah, I would say for me that was the toughest season. I think Tiffany's been very gracious when she says we made it through healthy. Uh, I don't know how healthy we were uh, at the time. Uh, looking back now, we're healthy today, but uh, it was a—it was definitely, I would say, the most stressful, uh, most tension. You know, Tiffany and I—we don't—we don't have fights in our home. In pastors' homes, you have—you know—you have intense moments of fellowship. You know what I'm saying? What's up? That's what it's called. It's intense moments of fellowship, and so we had a lot of tense moments of, of fellowship. And it was it was during this season, kind of kind of what I went through. It was it was, 2000, uh, it was 2005 or uh, beginning of 2006. I was 28, 29 uh, years old, and it was a very difficult season. As Tiffany said, we had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, an 11-month-old, uh, trying to raise finances to build this building here on 50 acres of land uh, at the time. And, of course, the only reason we had kids that small is, is Tiffany just can't keep her hands off of me. And so it just – and that created a lot more stress in my life as well. And so it just – she just wouldn't leave me alone. And so it just um, – I, I don't have really time to, to talk any more about that. But uh, uh, but that's why we had a 3-year-old, a 2-year-old, an 11-month-old – and um, it, it was really difficult, too, because you have to understand now Now there's a lot of trust. I have a lot of trust with this church now, leading it for 10 years. I've led you through multiple, multiple buildings uh, from to here, buying land, Midwest City. And so I have a lot of equity. You have to go back years later, eight years ago, and I had no equity. And I was 28 years old. I was getting up in front of people as a two-year-old church going, we're going to buy land and build a building. And some of you, I know what some of you thought. Really, yeah, he's gonna move to the Bahamas with this money. Who is this guy? You know, what's he gonna? You know, there's no trust, there's no equity. So you're working with people who don't really trust you, or not bought into your leadership, and don't have any experience, have not been on a journey with you. And so that that was very challenging. As Tiffany said, there was opposition. There were actually just a handful of folks who did not think we needed to buy this land. We do not think we need to build the building. And so you're dealing with them behind the scenes. We're meeting with these people and yet keeping our game face on at church and leading the church in a positive way. Nobody in this church ever knew that at the time, but you were dealing with that. I mean, you know, you're 28 and you're 29 years old and you're dealing with people coming against you and your first time in your life, you're like, what in the world? And they're attacking you. You know, you know how we do it though. Christian people, people, Christian people do it spiritual. You know what I mean? And the Lord, or Jesus, you know, we get spiritual, you know, we dress it up with Jesus, but they're sucking you, punching you. In in Jesus' name, you know what I mean, because that's how we roll. That's how Christians roll, you know, make it spiritual as we do ungodly stuff, you know. But anyways, uh, so I was, de- dealing, I was dealing with, with that as well. And, and, and not only that, I was overseeing a project that was way over my head. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I'm just being honest. I actually had a guy uh, sitting on the board at the time who said, uh, Herbert, we need to do this. We need, we need to go this way with the building. And I decided, well, we're not, I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way. Now, he actually had experience in construction. <laughs> I had experience in preaching, and I didn't listen to his advice. And it got me in a world of trouble as we were trying to build this building. I, just, I was in way over my head, and that created more stress. And then some of you will remember this. As a guy was working on our building, he fell off the building and died. And so now we're navigating with newspaper and media and a guy who just died on our property fell off the building and so here I am man 28 29 years old trying to navigate through through that and it was just a tough season I remember going to the doctor it was it was probably four or five o'clock in the morning I turned over and told Tiffany you know I was just kind of real nonchalant I've told you this story before I said hey, babe, I'm just going to go to the doctor real quick to the emergency room. I'm okay everything's all right, but I'm going to go to the emergency room. And and, and that's what I did. She just went on back to sleep. Okay, yeah, great. So she went back to sleep, and and, um, I drove myself to the emergency room because I've been having heart problems. And my heart was – I felt like I was having a heart attack. And so I went to the heart hospital, to the emergency room, and as I was in the heart hospital, they ran tests on me and EKG and said, you know, you're not having a heart attack, but you – I definitely having an anxiety attack. You're having stress problems. And actually a doctor in our church at the time told me, you know, those years ago, he said, "Herbert, you're having a stress attack. You're having an anxiety attack. I mean, I think that's really your problem. But I went in and they told me that. And I've never shared this part of the story. As I was laying there, you know, my heart beating crazy, EKG wires hooked up to me. They said, well, we're going to give you some medicine for your stress and anxiety. And they gave me some medicine and I almost died. I passed out. I had an allergic reaction, did not know I was allergic to that medicine, and actually I woke up. You know how you, you wake up, and I hope you don't know what this is like, but you wake up, and nurses and doctors are all around you, and they're pumping you, and they're trying to get you back alive, and that's exactly what I was experiencing. And after I came back to, gathered myself, you know, and I was weak, I couldn't hardly walk, the, 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 the doctor said to me, yeah, we, we almost lost you there, we almost lost you. And you know what I thought? I thought, you people are going to kill me. I don't want, I wish I just would have not come to this place. I came with stress, and now you all about to kill a brother in this place. Get me out the hospital. Don't give me no more medicine. I will just be stressed. And I remember driving in the car to Nebraska. We're going on a vacation to disconnect from the church, and I remember sitting in the car telling Tiffany, I could quit. I'm so tired. I'm so wiped out. I've given this church everything that I've got. And I'm just tired, and I'll never forget that. I've never felt that way before. I've been tired again before, but I've never felt so tired that I thought I could quit. But I'm so grateful that I didn't give up. Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in well-doing, because in due season, at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you faint not. And God has been faithful. A, A second, a third question, Tiffany, is what has been the most surprising thing over the past ten years?
1: Um, For me, and this may sound like too good to be true, but I love ministry way more than I even knew I could, and you know, I've shared before in other scenarios that I knew as a young girl that I was called a full-time ministry, and as a girl in elementary school, I thought that meant I was going to go to Africa as a missionary and, you know, commit my whole life to being a missionary. and I feel so privileged that this is where God has called me. I feel like I am living my dream. I'm in my sweet spot. I get to be with the most incredible church ever with all of you. You're so amazing. And and that's not to say that every part of it, like we've said, has been sunshine and roses because there have been a lot of challenges. There's been a lot of heartbreak but God has been so good through all of that. I feel like I've been on this like fast-paced life growth track because I've learned so much about myself, about people, about how to be like Christ, um, how to respond as Christ would respond, and I just love this. I love ministry. I love being the pastor's wife of this incredible church, and I truly, truly would not want to do anything else. It's just the most fun to me and surprising.
0: I say the most surprising thing for me is I give you a scripture and I'll kind of unpack kind of my surprise. It's First Peter 5 and 6. says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And the most surprising thing to me is the brokenness and the humbling process that God has put me through through starting a church. It's been a lot of broken moments and humbling moments and uh, i started this church and i had pride in my heart i didn't even know it was there i had been a full-time speaker evangelist and i had traveled the country at a young age and was speaking at camps and convention and churches and you know everywhere you go speak when you're when you're preaching out you know everybody tells you that is so awesome that's the greatest sermon i've ever heard in my life wow that's incredible preaching and then you know when you start a church you all don't tell me how awesome my sermons are you come to me and tell me let me tell you my problems <laughs> Let me tell you what I did a like. lot, <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, it was just, it was a very breaking time for me because uh, I, I had just really had to humble myself before the Lord because you know what? I thought I knew how to preach, and I didn't know how to preach because when I was an evangelist, I was a lot more hard and even critical and judgmental, and yet God had called us to reach people who were far from God, and I thought I was effective and knew what I was doing, and God had to humble me, and I, I, I had to learn how to preach again. I had to learn how to have compassion had to learn how to care for people and love for people right where they were and where they, where they are, no matter how they come. And so that was a very breaking, very breaking process for me to say, man, I've got, I, I'm not effective at what I'm doing. And I've got to actually change the way that I'm preaching and how I preach. And so it's very humbling. It was very humbling to realize that I don't know how to lead this church. I had, never, I had never led a church before. I had never been a senior pastor before. I had never been on staff before at a church. I'm 26 years old. I didn't grow up in a pastor's home, and I'm starting this church. And I thought I knew what I was doing. And it didn't take me very long to figure out. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can barely lead me good, let alone lead a church well. And so that was very humbling. I, I didn't know how to lead a staff. I, I, had, I had no idea how to lead. I mean, I had never led anything. And so, man, here I am, man, and poor Brian, he's trying to put up with me and trying to figure out, you know what I mean? He's like, what in the world? This guy's crazy, you know what I mean? I didn't know, you know. Thank, thank you, Jesus. I was just crazy. But I, I, just, I didn't know. I, did, I just didn't know how to lead effectively. And so for me, I would say that the thing that has been the most surprising is the breaking in me and the humbling process and trying to build a building and raise finances and have no clue of what I was doing. And so uh, I can tell you this. Boy, I'm. Here's what I would say to you. Ten years later, when I talked to somebody, you know, when I was in my 20s and early 20s and mid-20s, I thought I knew what I was doing. And today I would tell you this. I am at the place that I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> I'm very broken today. I talk to guys on the phone, pastors, and I'm honored to do it. Pastor, tell me what's working. Tell me how you grow a church. How have you grown this church? And I say, man, I don't know. I just tell him everything's working. So what do you mean? Is there a certain way that works? Oh, it all works. Hymns work if you want to sing hymns. Sing choruses if you want to sing choruses. Sing contemporary songs. It all works. Have a choir if you want one. Wear robes if you want one. I don't. We're not going to do it, but you go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, dude, I don't know what to wear. I mean, just preach. G. I just, you know, but back in the day I would say, oh, let me tell you how to grow a church. I can tell you. Let me give you the four points. And I'm, today I'm a lot more broken. And I'm a lot more saying this. Boy, well, you better have Jesus. I need his touch. I need his anointing. I need his power. I'm so careful not to touch the glory because I know it's his hand. And I'm afraid for God to ever withdraw his hand off my life and off this church. And what would be the results of God's hand not on my life? And so the most surprising thing to me is I started off as a very arrogant 20-something-year-old pastor. And today I can tell you I'm very broken before my Heavenly Father. And I know how much I'm dependent on him and his touch on my life. The next question I'll answer is, What's next? What's next? Well, the first thing, some of you may not be aware of this, but we're in the process right now of expanding Midwest City. And we're knocking out the wall in Midwest City and expanding the auditorium from 400 seats to around 750 seats so that we can grow that campus to 2,000 plus people and continue to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's coming down the pike. Matter of fact, the one year anniversary of our Midwest City campus opening will be the grand opening of the brand new facility, the brand new auditorium, and we'll have some new equipment in there. They'll go from having one middle screen to two side screens. Then there'll be one powered-up middle screen where the screen will actually come down, and they'll get to see me larger than life at Midwest City when I'm teaching there. And so we're excited about that expansion. Uh, we're getting, we're praying and thinking through adding uh, some more services to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ at both campuses. So that's something we're praying about and processing uh, we're, we're, playing, we're praying and processing the timing. It's not if it's when, if the Lord tarries, when we're going to start more campuses. So we're looking into that. Matter of fact, I just want to say this to God be all the glory. But for all of you that, that did not think video teaching would work, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you were wrong. Amen. Just go over there and ask those 1,200 folks at Midwest City. It's working just great. And people are coming to Christ every single week. And listen, whether we like it or not, technology is here to stay. You don't have to like it, but I'm telling you, it's here to stay. And so we might as well leverage technology for the gospel. And so my, my, I actually, I read the Bible every morning on my iPhone. I listen to Pandora music. I put my Marvin Sapp on or my Hillsong United or my Fred Hammond or my Deluge. And I, I listen and I read the Bible. on my. Can you believe that? The Lord, you know, some of you are going, the Lord rebuke you, not open up your scriptures, the paper Bible and reading them. No, I use a phone. Technology and technology's here. So why don't we redeem it and leverage it for the gospel's sake? And we're committed to leveraging whatever God puts in our hands for the gospel's sake. And so we're looking at opening more campuses because I kind of tell you, we're not done yet. It's not 10 years and now, woo, let's take it easy. No, 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 no. There's more people who need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They need to be saved. There's more people who need to grow in their faith and grow closer to Jesus Christ. And I'm reminded of what Peter says in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. He says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone. Come on, shout everyone. God wants everyone to come to repentance. And until everyone in Oklahoma City is saved, we're not done. Until everyone in Oklahoma is saved, we're not done. Until everyone in the United States of America is saved, we're not done. Until everybody in our world is saved, we're not done. We're not done. Well, I don't want to be a part of a church like that. You're in the wrong church, baby, because we're not done. There are more people who need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm not going to be a selfish pastor and make it all about me and make it all about you. I want you to grow, but it's still about them. And we got to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we're not done. We're not done. This is the ground floor, and we're going forward from here.